Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into episode 133 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast, alongside Jamie Eisner. Hi. And Craig Morgan. <laughs> that threw me off. I'm sorry. We're supposed to get silence from Jamie. <laughs> I'm Luke Lipinski. <laughs> no, I'm in a great mood today. You know why? Uh, why? I think I do. Because I'm going to ruin Chris's life. <laughs> How is that different than any other day? Uh, that he now has a mic to verbally defend himself so now I'm Chris just... Schubert has a mic Chris Schubert is here yeah, is we... this a one week thing where he gets the mic hopefully I don't want to hear him any more than I already have to wow. a little trial balloon here yeah. so this is this is a possibly a one and done for for Chris Schubert but he has the mic for a very specific reason we're going to wrap up this bingo card situation before we do that though I just want to tell you that Lisa Dillman's going to join us later on in the show we're going to kind of go through each division uh, since we're at the all-star break and uh, Lisa's going to come on and talk about the Pacific with us. It's become a, a pretty interesting division, actually, as this season has unfolded. Uh, she was going to join us. Oh, boy. Well, let's see. Craig called her an hour early. This is how you treat your guests, apparently, Craig. You tell them a specific time, and then you call them an hour early and just completely throw their entire day off. You want to defend yourself? That's why you have a mic. There's really no defense of that. <laughs> So time, time zones are hard. I, I will point out that Lisa Dillman writes for NHL.com and used to be the L.A. Times reporter, covered the Kings and the Ducks. She still covers both those teams, but she's sweeping around the region now, uh, well-versed on that topic. And so we'll, we'll get some insights from her as we head into the All-Star break. But back to you, Luke. Still based in L.A., though. Still based in L.A. I think Huntington Beach, actually. Oh, that's a pretty nice place to be based. And also, just for point of reference, Huntington Beach is an hour behind Phoenix, Arizona. So... For several months of the year. Yes. Two not, of the three of us. Not all of the months of the year, but some of the months of the year. 67% of us realized that before 10 minutes ago, and apparently the last 33% just figured it out. Did so, you book the guest? Is Chris even in this equation? Like, that's not how math works. Did you book I the guest? I wasn't counting Chris. Okay, good point. That's great. Chris, yeah. told me not to count him. Now that you have a mic, Chris, can I ask, how many guests has Luke booked for this show? For this show? For oh, this show. That's different. Zero. Thank you. But how many have I called an hour early and inconvenienced them? Zero. Yes. All right. Checkmate. All right. Let's get to the bingo card. Um, in case we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but we're going to well, spend we'll enough. Well, so we'll see. We have. So a while back, we decided we should probably have a bingo card for some of the key phrases or topics we hit on this show too much, basically. And a reader, almost on cue, sent us a really good one. And so the way we did it, it's five by five. There's a free space in the middle. We gave it directly to Chris Schubert, or as Jamie calls him, leftovers. And Chris's job was to check off the boxes as we organically hit them. We never looked, because if we knew, then obviously that would influence the game. That's Correct. not how bingo works. We're not cheaters. No. We're a lot of things, but we're not cheaters. We're a lot of things. Probably even worse than cheaters, but we're not cheaters. So we're at this point now where, I don't know, it's been a few weeks. This was before the holidays, and we still haven't hit bingo. So there has been some skepticism on the part of Jamie Eisner, I would say, 
that maybe we are hitting some of these boxes and Chris just isn't giving us credit for them? See, this is not so much an issue of the natty handy bingo as it is my just inherent distrust for Chris Schubert's ability to do his job properly. Mm. And we're going to put that to the test today because he's confident. He is very confident that he has done his job properly. We have said none of these things. We have not touched any of these topics yet. And he is just an outstanding citizen and the best producer that has ever produced anything. I, on the other hand think he sucks. So one of us will be right. Wow. We'll it, got the, it went there. Okay. <laughs> hey, Chris, do you, do you remember what happened that one week you were out? Uh, yeah, the, the, the show was a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could hear it? Because I couldn't hear it. That's true. <laughs> Who's producing <laughs> us that week? I believe that was uh, Jamie Eisenberg. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, I know one of the boxes, and I know, it's, I know it's definitely going to anger Jamie, because I think maybe <laughs> we did hit it. <laughs> so All the, right. As it stands, we have not hit bingo. Chris, just go ahead and start reading the boxes that we left unchecked. And this is over like the last month and a half. Yeah, so, so in any order you like, Chris. But, no, right. but start with the one that you showed Enjoy me last your 15 week. 15 minutes. Okay, uh, Toronto Trade Rumors was one of the boxes. I mean, we've discussed Toronto Trade Rumors several times. <laughs> I, Luke, I know. Oh, oh, hey, look whose phone's on. I knew... Uh, I knew that we we hit that last week. At All least. right, I will We've give talked, you. I will give many, you that. How space. many times do we have? Did we have to mention jokingly mention Austin Matthews and OEL or OEL being traded to Toronto? Or we've done that like several times. We did a whole show about this. Do you guys hang out together outside of the podcast? We do actually. Okay. It's it, by the way, it's exactly like this. Although Chris throws it back at me more. Oh, I don't know. I don't okay. know why when he when he gets in like the office, he's afraid. Well, because he hasn't had a mic until today. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I'll give you that spot. You still don't have bingo. Oh. Oh, oh okay. Well, you're not really giving us that spot. No, you're not giving us. We, we earned it. Okay. Uh, right. Oh for 1. It, Great job. Traveling so far. Craig Morgan. Uh, I don't uh, we might not have. I don't have. think we've hit that one. No, we might not have that okay. got that one. All right. So, you're not All right. So, 1 for 2. Montreal trading for a number 1 center talk. Oh, no. We've, Ooh, that's we, very specific. We've we've tiptoed around that, but we haven't hit that. No. That's that's good. And okay. that was the Montreal one we thought it was going to be about patches. Yeah. What's funny is we would have talked about both of those today actually, but Oh, the Toronto right. one and Montreal today. Yeah. Well, we already talked about the Toronto one several times. Possibly more than anything else on the card. Yeah, we, we did, actually. Yeah. Luke and Jamie talk to each other through Craig. Oh. We have not done that since oh. we started the bingo well, card. You guys have repaired your relationship. Not on the well, air. No, not good on the to air. See you. We, we have done that by a text message. Yeah. Uh, what is Vancouver doing? Well, that's just implied at all times. Yeah, the, yeah, they've just been so irrelevant lately. That's fair. All right. Uh, Joe Quenville, 2017 draft walkout. I'm disappointed in you, Craig. Oh, yeah. We brought that up a lot, but... But it's I, I, so it's, specific. How yeah. are we going to bring it up now? How am I going to bring it up now? How's that going to come I'm up? the judge. You didn't hit it. You don't get the point. Okay. Uh, avoiding an Ottawa discussion. <laughs> I, we've certainly done that. We've certainly said those words. <laughs> we maybe, uh, maybe haven't verbalized that. No, no, we have, said, we have said if the I words. If I gave you that one. That, that one's close. If. When you give us that one. Uh, yeah, so you still don't get bingo. Wow, this is, wow, this is insane. Is this uh, a circle, or is this like an actual... Craig thing? getting thanked for coffee. He brings in coffee every week. You have not once thanked him about coffee since we since I've been the producer. Craig, thanks of, for the coffee today, but I have noticed uh, that. Well, to be, to, be fair, <laughs> to, to be fair, two of those weeks, we didn't have to thank Craig. Be honest. Is this because somebody bought us well, coffee? That's not my fault. Craig, Craig actually, every other week. Uh, by the way, if you got that one, you so, still wouldn't have had bingo. So, but but to recap here, who books the guests? You do. Who buys the coffee? You do. Gotcha. So, sometimes listeners. Okay. I've occasionally bought coffee. And then the last one, Luke avoiding a pens discussion. Wait, wait, wait. When was that? Wait, no, wait, wait, wait. stop. <laughs> when, right. when did you buy coffee? I have I have absolutely bought coffee at least five times for this show. Craig's been in the car a couple times. Five? Yes, absolutely. Five. Definitely. Oh, that's so challenging. <laughs> that's, you've been in the car. Can you bring your bank statements in next week? I can. Okay. I, I uh, run my own bank, though, so they're <laughs> so, all going to be written in So crayon. do they make numbers that low? <laughs> they don't. That's why I had to run my own bank. 
All right, so I would say as as far okay. as as Chris has gone, there's really only the one. That ah, he, there's he two, missed. but Maybe we, we didn't hit bingo either way. Even if I gave you those two, you would still be short of bingo. Yes, That's so I will sad. I will hand the card over, oh, and you can take a look at what you missed. I gave you those two. I'm not sure we could. Is there any possible way that we could have got any more answers without getting a bingo? We we could have got. <laughs> We could have got Craig gets thanked for coffee and somehow still wouldn't have had bingo. And I think that's like the only way to fill that's out a remarkable. bingo card. We should take, I'm going to take a photo of that. And actually, you guys should just don't give me access to the Natty Hattie Twitter with, account. With 18 of the 25 boxes full, we still don't have bingo. That says something about us and I would say society. All right, let's get into the, uh, the all-star break here. Okay. Right. We, we are here. We're recording this on Friday. Games don't resume until next Tuesday. Uh, locally, the team doesn't play again until what next Thursday. What was going on on the back of this card, Chris? You're just drawing like boxes with dots in the middle of it? Is this some kind of... Like... Well, I was just so bored that you guys weren't getting bingo. I had to keep myself oh, occupied. Oh, so we're boring you now? Yes. Do we not entertain you, Chris? You, we in, not partic- you in particular you? do not entertain me. Uh-huh. That's I, just, what I just try to inform you. I think you. he's drawing what a bingo card would have looked like had we ever hit bingo. So you guys are both on record as saying you hate the All-Star weekend for no real reason. I don't, I don't believe I don't, those are the exact words. I, don't I think, wouldn't be watching I don't think those were the words either. Okay, you guys are both on record as saying you but won't you know, be watching. You, you the think game. you bought coffee five times, so I understand. At that. least you five times. You've been in the car. Now I will give Craig. He has driven us, driven oh, me there, and, and look, then I've. Paid. I have bought coffee the least. So I that's did, it. I think when I Luke it. buys, I still have to pay for the gas money and. I've done it. Drive in there. Yes. I have to chauffeur. We have to go to the Starbucks, Starbucks in which Seattle. Is two miles away, is it? Uh, at least I would say maybe two point one. Yeah, I've done it exactly twice. All right. So you're when it didn't involve the listener. It didn't involve the listener. No, no. Me and the listeners are equal in the amount of coffee. That's fair. All right. Um, Can we talk about the All Star game now that we're four hours into the show? You're going to make us do it anyway. Well, do you just want to talk about the skills competition? We all agree. If you could only watch one, you're watching the skills competition. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm on board there. What's your favorite event in the skills competition? I mean, let's just make this like a, a podcast run by a kindergartner. What's your favorite color? Who has your favorite jersey? And what's your favorite event? Uh, hmm. I like the passing challenge, actually. I think I think that's my favorite. It reminds me of the Wayne Gretzky and Wally Gretzky drill, trying to put pucks in, in various zones. I like fastest skater. Yeah, I, I, the hardest shot's kind of gone. It's just it's Shea Weber every year, or it's, yeah. it's Daniel Char. I mean, it's the same two yeah. guys typically. Fast, and also that one. I feel like that's the most competitive because you're, you're staring. It's one versus one. You're staring at each other. You know you're going to get made fun of if you lose. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this: Should it be a lap that measures the fastest skater? Because no, are, I would. Are go, people doing laps I in would, the game? No, I would just go like red line to red line. Yeah, I, I think it should just be straightaway speed. I'd like to know mm-hmm. who the fastest is. Okay, but I would I would add this wrinkle of like I want you standing on the goal line to center ice back to the goal line and then to the other goal line or that, something. That or, 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 or like a lightning drill. Or like sure. starting with the puck behind the net, skating out with it. Like I mm-hmm. would stick in puck and try to skate to the other end and get to the net. Well, then McDavid would win every single yeah, year because he gets faster with the puck yeah. for some reason. <laughs> some, some reason that that adds power to him. Um, What's your Craig is the one who put All Star Game in the show rundown and now doesn't want to talk about it. Well, it was just very brief. I mean, we talked about this last night. You may not remember that either. I, you know, I think you're getting confused a lot, Luke. Did I see you last night? Oh, oh yeah. Are you going senile? No. What? Maybe? Huh? Who said that? <laughs> um, what the three on three? You want to talk about your amazing format that will no, 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 literally no, no, has no, a zero no, no, percent no. chance of happening? This, we're going to read this word for word. Okay. I pimp my idea yet again while you guys roll your eyes verbally. I think I've already verbally rolled my eyes. So, <laughs> go on. <laughs> All righty then. 
I'm just gonna have some of this coffee. Thanks, by the way, Craig. Yeah, thanks so, for the coffee, Craig. Chris, I want to pitch a, pitch an idea to you. Thanks for, for traveling to go get us coffee <laughs> and not bringing up Ottawa when you got here or <laughs> Pittsburgh, Luke. Bingo. We're going to hit bingo today. So I've got this idea, Chris, for the All-Star Game. Since we've already gone to the three-on-three format, I don't think anybody cares about division versus division. Are we all in agreement there, by the way? Correct. Yes. There's, no, cares? there's no divisional rivalry. Pacific versus Central. How do, how do you, yeah, how do you pimp that? I don't know. I'd like to see every team represented as long as we're doing this. And you have brackets. Maybe somebody gets a bye because we have 31 teams now. It's soon to be 32, so I don't know how, how that works out. Well, when you get 32, 32 it's perfect, perfect actually. Yeah. When we bring Seattle. This is probably why they're expanding. So we'll wait until Seattle comes on board, and then we'll go with this new format where every team sends seven skaters and a goalie Okay. for three-on-three, and you do brackets all the way to the championship. Short games, obviously, you don't want to play too long because you don't want to exhaust these guys. Yeah, one period. Yeah, one period. Even ten-minute period. Yeah, that's it. That's all you have to do. See who wins, and then you just... Figure out a winner. I think that would be fun. Yeah, the Coyotes would give up a goal in the final minute of the first 10 minutes, too. <laughs> there you go. And it would only be 224 All-Stars at the event, so that should be... Well, a, you know, there's, there's a cost element here, but <laughs> I think they can afford it. I like the idea in theory. I just don't know how it would well, ever They'll work. never do it, but I like Of course the they won't do it. Like that, That's something I, I would like to see in the summer or something, but I mean, you're never going to be able to do it then either. You're never going to be able to get that many players to sign off on, on missing their break. And, then, and, and let's do it outdoors, too. In the summer. No, no. On one of those like plastic rinks that simulates the uh, the feel of ice. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like skating in Brooklyn. I will. So. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll just add to your uh, your statement that nobody cares about the division rivalries. I'll just once again reiterate that we should be still drafting the four teams. I know I've Correct. said that the last two shows. I'd be a lot more interested in the actual game itself if these were four teams that were drafted by the actual players. Luke, are you going to televise the draft? I would televise the draft. Why? I mean, this is not the NBA. I would absolutely I televise the best part. I can't believe they did not televise that draft. For a league that is so good at marketing yeah, their they products. They don't make mistakes like this very often. This was, a, this was a big missed opportunity. That was the most obvious thing. In the NHL, every year they've had the draft, they have absolutely marketed yes, it. Yes, and they gave them booze. I'm sorry, they didn't. They, those were, that was water in those cups. Yeah. They're just very jovial and saying whatever they want and cursing just jovial. because. Jovial is the word of the day. Jovial. So far. Craig wants to talk about Oliver Ekman Larson's red carpet plans. I don't, don't really. I just want to. The, the right red now. carpet is like as big a deal as anything at the All Star game now, isn't it? Yes. For, for the is fans, it? for the crowd, it is actually. There, there, there are huge crowds that swell around the red carpet and expect. I don't know what they expect. OEL told me two days ago he everybody expects him to look good, like look GQ. So he's thinking of going the other direction this year. You dress like Harry Potter again. He's thinking like jeans and a t shirt. It'd be hilarious, actually, if you yeah. did that. It'd be pretty great. <laughs> Swedish cowboy, just an OEL hat, walking down the red just carpet. Just OEL hat and the OEL underwear. That's it. Just well, all his own products. I don't know, I don't know how that would work. It'd get attention. It would absolutely get attention. Uh, let's start going around some of these divisions, then, shall we? Okay. By the way, as we start this, as we're, and, and to to recap, we're going to take a look at each one of the divisions, how they shape up heading into the All Star break. Dive into the teams a little bit, but one thing that jumps out at me: where are the big markets? New York, Chicago, L.A. could all be out of the playoffs this year. Yeah, you know what? That's actually that's a that's a pretty good spot to start because I'm not one of those people that buys into like the Super Bowl needs to be a certain matchup. Everybody watches the Super Bowl or they don't. Nobody would have cared if it was Jacksonville playing whoever. I mean, that's that's people are going to watch the Super Bowl. 
and, and people are going to watch the Stanley Cup. If, if you're going to watch it, you're going to watch it. I don't think anybody's like, well, if Nashville's in it, and it, it really we need it to be Montreal if we're going to watch. Um, but you want some of these markets in the playoffs at least. Yeah. It, it, right now, if, when you, if you look at the standings right now, the Rangers and the Islanders are out of the playoff picture. The LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks are out of the playoff picture. The Chicago Blackhawks are out of the playoff picture. That's crazy. First of all, when you when you think about what the Kings and Blackhawks in particular have done, and even the Rangers, even though they haven't won, they've gone deep in the playoffs a lot mm-hmm. recently. None of those teams are in the playoffs right now, and there's a there's a good chance that all three of those teams that I just mentioned will not be in the playoffs when the season ends. I don't think that's good for the game, to be honest. It's certainly not good for TV ratings. I'm sure NBC's not very thrilled. Yeah, seriously, when you look at the Central right now, look at the three markets that are at the top. Now, Nashville may be some other thing because I think I think at least the hockey world fell in love a little bit with Nashville last season. But Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, those are small markets mm-hmm. at the top of the Central Division. So that's that's probably not great for ratings and, overall. I mean, and, and Certainly and not Winnipeg. I'm specific right now, Vegas, San Jose, Calgary. You're not exactly huge mm-hmm. markets either. I have no idea what the Vegas TV market for that team looks like. I haven't seen ratings from, from that market. Neither have I, actually. I'd be curious to see that. That is crazy, though. If you just look in the Western Conference of those eight teams that are in the playoffs, strictly from a, a ratings or, or, or market share, which one of those teams is, is best for the NHL? Is it Vegas that's actually in the playoffs right now? The Probably just because of the national allure of that team right now, but if you're talking the market itself, I mean, I don't know. Dallas? Maybe Dallas, Vegas, yeah. Dallas. I, I wonder how much Vegas success is going to be used as leverage against cities like Seattle and, and Houston. Saying, well, look, look look at what Vegas did. You could have a winner right away. Insta success. So, by the way, hey. that's going to cost you an extra $150 million. No big deal. Uh, we should hit on the all-star replacements, too, before we actually get into the division. Do we have to? Should we? Well, Brian Boyle, I think, is a, that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, it's a great it's, story. Yeah, it's a great story. Uh, Mike Smith. Somebody wrote that story. Did they? Yeah. Somebody. Hey, I read one of your stories yesterday. Did yeah, you? By yeah. way, I think on, I forced you to. Though. Craig's on fire the last two days, content-wise. Wow. I don't know if I like Jamie back, building back up Craig. star stories. You should yeah, step your game up, Lou. <laughs> I, yeah, we, I know on, my limits. A, when we talk about the Metro here in a, in a little bit, we should talk about that uh, Tortorella story. Yeah, okay, that's, that's fine. That you were apparently forced to read. Let's just are, are build we starting with up. the Metro here? We can we can start with the Metro. Seems also, like Mike Smith is in, in the All-Star game as well. He's had, a, he's had a strong season, particularly after the first month. Mm-hmm. He really has, because I was actually looking at Auntie Ranta's stats for January, because he's been pretty good in January, and trying to see how they compare to the rest of the league, and they compare pretty favorably, except Mike Smith is actually having a better month of January, and that's probably why Calgary's in a playoff spot right now. Maybe when Calgary actually comes here and plays the Coyotes in Arizona, I can do that story. There you go. Someday. When, when do the Flames come? Like March or Is it going to be like Minnesota last year where their first trip was the last day of the season? Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, yeah, let's start in the Metro. So how do you want to present this? The, the top three right now are Washington, Columbus, and Pittsburgh, and they would get two wild cards. As, as we hit the All-Star break, New Jersey and Philadelphia. Yeah, that's that that's, lays it out. And then obviously the teams that are in trouble, we mentioned both of the New York teams. Uh, and, and you can't even say they're in trouble yet because... They're right on the bubble right now. Even Carolina has a shot, I guess, at this point. So the the entire Metro is is incredibly competitive, probably the most uh, competitive division in hockey. But when when you look at this division, uh, a couple things jump out for me. Uh, New Jersey had such a great start to the season. They were on top of the division. They've been sliding a little bit. They've lost four straight. They're sitting in a wild card spot right now. I know we talked about this. uh, I think when we hit the halfway point of the season, they were one of the storylines for us to watch and whether they could sustain that great start because it's an exciting team. There's a lot of there are a lot of good things happening there, but New Jersey's in a little bit of trouble right now because there is a tightly packed bunch there that uh, and a few teams could just knock them out. Well, and they've they've 
I mean, to go even further, they've won two games since December 27th. So they're two, they've won two of their last 12. It's remarkable they're still in a playoff spot, really. Yeah, they're the team I'm most concerned about. Philadelphia, I look at, I wonder if this is the best they can do. Because I, they have, their secondary scoring has been very limited. Giroux and Voracek can't play better. I am not sure it's possible they can actually play better yeah. than they Neither have. Neither can Couturier. Couturier. Yeah, that's, Couturier that's been, been an incredible as well. Yeah. So is this just, are, do they have enough? Is this a team that needs to buy multiple pieces at the deadline? I mean, otherwise, I don't, I mean, they could be a second wild card team, but I don't see where this, uh, this next step for them is going to come. Has Couturier overachieved more than anybody in the NHL this year? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's even fair. You know, there are a lot of people there that thought he, he was an underrated player. And, and listen, listen, playing between those two guys, it probably helps. And he certainly benefited them as well because neither one of them were producing at a level that they expected, with, especially with those contracts. But I, I don't know. I, I think playing between such talented players has helped him a great deal. But maybe we're just getting a better sense of the type of player that he, well, he okay. really is. Yeah, I mean, Pat Maroon plays with good players, too. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, so, uh, there, there is Has anybody in the entire NHL benefited more from playing with great players than Patrick Maroon? Uh, it's, it's remarkable. Not in the last 10 years. Uh, maybe the better way to phrase it with Couturier, then, is has anybody exceeded expectations more specifically this season? And you're right, Craig. I know that, that internally for the Flyers, they've had high expectations for him. He's been a very good defensive forward over the, the course of his career, but he's got 26 goals right now. I mean, we're talking up in the Alex Ovechkin, Nikita Kucherov range for a guy that up until this point in his career really has just, not just, but predominantly been a defensive forward. Him, maybe Josh Bailey with the season he's been, he's been having. Yeah, I think call. those are the two that, I, I mean, Matthew Barzal. I mean, I know we're not talking rookies, but I, he has been unbelievable. Yeah. To go back to your point, Jamie. I mean, some of their young players, I mean, you still have Wayne Simmons on this roster, who I know isn't having a great year by his standards, but I still like the player. There are some young players that they probably need to take a step up. Travis Konechny isn't having the mm-hmm. same kind of season he had last year. So if you can get some production from those young guys, but yeah, maybe this is a, maybe this is a situation where you need to add a veteran to, a veteran scorer to try and give yeah. yourself some more secondary scoring. Nolan Patrick, I mean. Invisible. Yeah. Completely invisible. But he, also a rookie. Should he, but, but should he be here? Would he be no, better served I, somewhere else? I'm a little it? surprised because now they're 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 inching up to I believe the waiver eligibility deadline mm-hmm. with him. I'm a little surprised, but I, he's just been again. I I don't necessarily think it, it portends negative things for his future at this point, but he has not been an impact player. Yeah, and and. It, when, when he came out in the draft, everybody thought he was the most NHL-ready of all the players. Yeah, and, and I didn't think he was going to score 60 points this year, but what? he's got nine. Yeah, he's got three goals. Like, he should be in that 40-ish-something points by the end of the season spot. And there's he's getting enough time. One last thing on Couturier, his career high in goals was 15. He's on pace for 44. Okay. Right now. So that's, I mean, that's 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 a jump. In, What's in, his contract situation, by the way? Oh, I can pull that up in a second. But Also, Yuri Laterra continues to never be productive. It's, that's remarkable to me. In my mind, Couturier is the reason Philadelphia is even in a playoff spot. Because you guys are right. Voracek and, and that's Giroux, line, yeah. they basically do this every year, and they miss the playoffs every well, year. Uh, but, but they, 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 they struggled it. last year a little mm-hmm. bit to do that. And they've, I mean, Giroux might have the best year of his career this year. And that's better barely... Than the, better than the year where everyone declared he was better than Crosby. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that went well. Uh, they're one point ahead of the Rangers and the Islanders for a playoff spot right Couturier now. Couturier is under contract for four more seasons after this season at yeah. four point three. That's a good deal. Wow, that's that's a, that's a good contract if he does anything close to this over the next couple seasons. They have eight point or nine point seven million dollars tied up right now in Filippola and Laterra. 
Oops. All right, we just saw Columbus here in person last night, uh, and Craig got to talk to John Tortorella. Jamie and I talked to him at the press conference and around yeah. the award show over the summer. Uh, Craig, what can you tell us? One of my favorite interviews of my entire professional career, actually, wow. I can tell you that. And I'm not, I'm not, that's not hyperbola. He was, listen, I, John Tortorella left the Coyotes the year before I started covering the team. He left in 99. Well, the, the entire coaching staff was dumped. He coached under Jim Schoenfeld. They lost in seven games to St. Louis, if you remember that, that great playoff series. But I started covering the team next year. So, you know, I talked to a lot of people about him. I obviously knew a lot of the people that knew him, but I, I had zero relationship with John Tortorella. And yesterday, I just requested an interview with him. They, they got me a one-on-one with him, and it, it was really going to be about the Phoenix years. And that's where we started the interview. And then he took it in an entirely different direction than I expected, started talking about, you know, his reputation, his, his mistakes of his past. And I can't remember a more candid interview, specifically with a, with a guy that I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, if, if he's talking to a, a reporter that he really trusts and knows, okay, I get that a little bit. But, I mean, he just opened up to me and it was remarkable it was it was insightful it was candid and it was articulate and listen I'm I I know I'm pimping my own story here but go and read just the quotes from John Tortorella in that story when he talks about the mistakes he's made what he's trying to do I mean he is just blunt honest with yeah that that was the thing that caught me like just how candid he was it felt like uh, I'm retiring so here's my right I want to reflect back on my life I won't give it away too much because I'd like people to read the story so I so I can feed myself and Craig can feed his kids. But there's a Shane Doan story in there as well. Yeah, that's that was a good I, one. I think for the Coyote fans that are listening, which I know there are a lot of, it's a really good Shane Doan story in there as well. Uh, it, it was it was a remarkably candid interview. Was, the, I really enjoyed reading it. And, you know, we get a little bit of a glimpse of that personality at the award show because there is so there's not a lot of pressure you know, he's not being asked questions about the game. He, his emotion level is, as he talked about in the story, his emotion—he has a different emotion level, win or loss, right after a game. So you would kind of get a glimpse into the the lighter side of Tortorella when we've talked to him in Vegas. He seemed like he was almost humbled in Vegas too. I mean, if, if you look at the way his his career has gone, where you know he was he was one of the best coaches in the NHL, and then people seem to get tired of his act or or his attitude or whatever you want to call it. It's not an act. I mean, that's just sort of the way he is. Yeah. But then for him to Remember, he was not like it seemed like he was done, but it really seemed like his days of being one of the top coaches in the league might be over because that style only works so long with a team before you burn your players out and you have to move on. But, you know, Columbus ends up moving on from their previous coach and going to Tortorella early in the season. What was that now? Basically two years, three seasons ago. And last year, I mean, he had them as one of the top teams in the NHL. He wins the Jack Adams. And yeah, when we were at the awards show. You could tell he was almost sort of overcome by the fact that he had climbed his way back up. I remember talking to Nick Felino separately, and, and he attributed like 90% of Columbus's success last year to yeah, Tortorella. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was, I mean, very sincerely. Very much. This, my success is because of John Tortorella. And, you know, you talk about a style burning out after a while, but I, I don't want to portray it as John Tortorella being like Mike Keenan. The, no. the thing that he stressed and that all the players that I talked to that played for him stressed he has relationships with his players. It is clear that he cares about them. That he'll go to the wall for them, and that's that's behind a lot of these blowups that he has. He's protecting his players, so that goes a long way with players. Funny thing, funny part of that story is, I asked, okay, so when you go to the podium and you don't want to say anything, is that because you don't want to 
crush your players. You you just would rather say nothing than blasting them, and that's your way of handling it rather than lashing out at reporters like you did with Larry Brooks. He said, well, sometimes it's that. Sometimes I'm just being an ass. Like, <laughs> okay. okay. Well, that, that was another thing Felino said, too. It wasn't just Tortorella's coaching ability. It was his ability to listen to his players and learn from his mm. players, which I don't know that he was necessarily doing earlier in his career. But And, and look, what he was doing earlier was working, but – he is definitely one of the coaches that has evolved and, and changed as the game is changing here over the last couple of years. Look, Craig's story is good enough where I actually read it, so you probably should go <laughs> click there, on There's it. a seal of approval. Yeah. And again, I'm sure that resonates with different players different ways. There are certain yeah. players, I'm sure, gravitate toward that, and they, they want that tough love structure, and some mm-hmm. players that it really bothers them. And that doesn't say anything. It just There are different personalities now you deal with them, and I think that's why he's become this polarizing figure. Just so we don't go through every team in the NHL and have this take six hours, uh, Washington and Pittsburgh, let's kind of lump them together here since Crosby and Ovechkin both hit milestones recently. Washington in particular is just doing what they do in December and January and February. They've moved right up to the top of the Metro division. They're one of the best teams in hockey. Do we sense anything different coming up in April and May, or is this just par for the course? (sighs) My prediction, pain. I just don't I don't see this going well for the Caps. I don't think they're as good a team as they were last year. No. I, I mean, I give them props, and I, I don't know how much of this to, to throw on Barry Trotz and how much to just throw on the fact that Washington does this every year. They're a really good regular season team. I don't know. I mean, they, they may not have to worry about Pittsburgh. I don't, I don't see Pittsburgh doing recapturing that magic this year. So when you talk about teams that they have to worry about, who, who are we highlighting right now? Columbus has had its own struggles. Maybe it's more, you know, the Atlantic division that they have to worry about, so maybe they can get to the conference final. That's what I think, because we talk about Washington not being as good a team as last year. I don't think Pittsburgh or Columbus are as good as they were last year either. All three teams at the top are, they're they're good, but they're not as good as they were. Well, and to put it in context, you know, Washington's got 63 points. Columbus and Pittsburgh each have 57. The two teams behind them have 56. The two teams behind them have 55. So when we say Columbus and Pittsburgh are up there at the top two, they're... They're basically in a six-team race for, what, four spots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nobody's safe other than Washington, I would say. Pittsburgh's won seven of their last nine, at least, but they're also playing Casey DeSmith in goal because they don't have Matt Murray, and Christian Jari was kind of up and down. So, uh, And Columbus, I mean, I know they won when, when they were here last night. They don't look all that impressive right they now. They really don't, and I thought the same. I, it, when, when you talk about the territorial game last night, the Coyotes controlled play. That first period... I, I thought the Coyotes dominated that first period. I mean, it's especially like the, the probably the first three quarters of that period, almost all of it was played in Columbus's zone. The Coyotes just can't score. They're they're just not finding a way to score consistently enough. But they are playing a much better territorial game in Columbus, really. I mean, when you watch the team that they had last year, you wondered where that magic was. And and I know Cam Atkinson just came back last night, but he hasn't he hasn't had a very good season. Wenberg hasn't had a very good season. They've had a lot of guys drop up. Boone Jenner. I mean, they're, yeah. they're just not getting much. The only line that just jumped out at me last night for Columbus was that top line. And Artemi Panarin is just yeah. he's uh, a wonder to watch. And but Even though he wasn't the same player as he is now last year, they missed William Carlson a bit in the yeah. secondary scoring. Yeah, yeah they could. Now he's a star, but, yeah. he, but he, again, he wasn't that for them last year, no. but he was still pretty good. And he's in a great spot. I mean, I, I think that's one of the situations where if he had stayed on Columbus, he probably wouldn't be putting up the numbers he is putting up. Just to but, By the way, too, that, that Hail Mary pass from Shea Theodore to... Uh, to William Carlson a couple nights ago was a thing of beauty. Anything Mm -hmm. that that team does works at this point. Uh, Columbus is 29th in the NHL in goals per game. So that's That's not great. They don't really 
Like that, that's what sort of struck me watching that game last night. And Craig, you said it, the Coyotes' defense has been a lot better lately, but uh, I, I just couldn't even imagine a way Columbus would get a quality shot off. And that's not all the Coyotes. That was They just they don't seem to have nearly as many weapons. Mm-hmm. You'll appreciate this, too, talking to Nicholas Jalmerson before the game. He had the highest praise I've, I've heard a, a player have for a player on another team for Artemi Panarin. Like he just he broke down all the different ways that Panarin can burn you in a game. And credit to the Coyotes, they didn't let him do any of them. But credit to Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, That's, like I don't know if people were zeroing in on that last night, but his assignment was Artemi Panarin, and he shut him down. Didn't even there was one play Panarin. in particular where he Panarin had space on a rush coming up the left wing. There was a lot of ice. And EL closed the gap so fast, and he got physical with him, too. And I think that's what led to that scrap in front of the net. He just took Panarin out of the game. I mean, you you can't stop Panarin from skating, showing off his speed. But in terms of offensive chances, Panarin had nothing last night. That's I think that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle, too. Like, you'll watch a player, and I'm not trying to take away from Panarin, but like you just said, he's going to make some flashy moves, and if you're just watching the game, you'll be like, oh, that guy's really good. And it's true, Panarin's a good player. Uh, but there are other players around the league that you'll see make flashy moves but never actually get a quality shot on goal or make a play with them, or they'll disappear for two or three months at a time. And that does nothing for you as, as a team. Like, you need yeah. guys that can actually get to that and make plays. Panarin is one of those guys. So if you're a defenseman like Oliver ekman Larson, you're fine if he wants to go make those fancy moves around the perimeter. He was never a threat to do anything to the Coyotes last yeah. night, and that is 99% because of, of OEL. Yeah. And I tell you what, I know he got criticism when he got voted to the All-Star game, but uh, he's been, what, the Coyotes' best player since that happened, and yeah. he took it upon himself to At least really the last five games, right? He's just been, I think he's been terrific. He looks like vintage OEL right now. Yeah. He's got to keep it up for the whole second half of the season, but mm-hmm. he's, he, you see him play like this, and you, and you think back to two years ago, and you're like, this guy could be a top mm-hmm. five if... At least at, at least top 10, if not top 5, defensemen in the NHL if he can do it consistently. And you know as well as I do still, and, and, and all the trade rumors are never going to stop, you ask every GM in the league which player they want off the Coyotes, he's the guy. Oh, they'll line the, up. All, yeah, all 30 of them will say Oliver ekman Larson. All 30 of them. And now he's showing why. You know, A month ago he wasn't, but he's kind of reminding everybody now. Uh, do we want to hit the Atlantic division? Let's. It's uh, kind of haves and have-nots, or as I described it, Trump's vision for America, a wide divide between the haves and have-nots. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> so send your mail to Craig Morgan. Go yes. ahead. Send your coffee Come at cards me. to me and, and Jamie, but uh, your hate mail to Craig Morgan. Yeah. This is the most boring division in hockey. It's mm-hmm. not even close. It really is, because there's, there's no intrigue here. Yes. Until the playoffs. I, I would right. be very intrigued oh, by... Yeah. Boston-Toronto will be fun. Uh, Tampa Bay. Those three and teams Tampa are going to make the, the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> And and uh, nobody else from this division is making the playoffs. Yeah, you, you and I have to eat a little crow. Here. We do. Yeah, on on Sergachev, because we about three episodes yeah. ago we we handed him the Calder. And no, no, no. He, we said he was a finalist. We wouldn't well, handle uh, no, him. No, but I meant like, uh, but we pretty much said how much we loved him. And I still do. I still do too. But he's been a healthy scratch like twice since. Yeah, then. yeah. but he was never going to beat Besser or Barzal. Well, anyway. no, nobody's beating Barzal now. No. Period. But, but I mean, unless Barzal like tears an ACL tomorrow night, which is like walking. And even then, by the way, he's going to be in the, he's going to get he's going to be that all star game. I think. He's be the, yeah. Oh, oh. I think he's going to be an emergency replacement. Uh, he deserves it. He, he needs to a pretty be. Good year. He's, he needs to be. He's man. We got a chance to see him too, and his skill is ridiculous. The the way he can change directions in a short in a small amount of space. Yeah. That's incredible. That's, uh, I'm and trying to think who it reminds me of. It. I mean, you know, Patrick Kane is like one of his idols too, but he doesn't play the same position. But no. 
in terms of that sort of change of direction in a tight space, you'll love this. Dennis Savard is the guy it reminds me of. Just can can do so much in a tight space. It's remarkable. Watching him in three on three overtime <laughs> is a treat. Oh, yeah. it's just a tra- yeah. he yeah. just he never loses the puck. Yep. and he keeps teams teams are getting smarter with that too. By the way, we we are seeing teams possess the puck in three on three. Do you a like lot that better? Because I know I I've talked to a few people around the game who hate it. They're just like now it's, it's it, it feels like basketball. It's not as exciting, but. Their job isn't to be exciting. Their job is to win oh, no. the game. No, it's the right thing to do. But is this a, a case of, of coaches ruining three-on-three? Three? No, not ruining, but sort of taking some of the fun out of it? Uh, to quote a coach, a local Valley coach, you play to win the game. <laughs> Boy, okay. How many times are you going to reference you don't play, Herm Edwards play. on this show? Um, Choo-choo. Anything else in the Atlantic? Are we Boston? in agreement that Boston is the best story in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, now? I would agree with Nobody that. Nobody saw it coming. Because they're the only real surprise. Yeah. I mean, you look at the teams that are, are not going to make the playoffs in this division, and this is not me sp- speculating or trying to make some prediction. These teams, they're no. not mathematically out yet, but they're but close. they are. Detroit, I've eliminated them in my mind. Detroit, Montreal, Florida, Ottawa, and Buffalo. A, who, a who's who of teams that Jamie has hated for a while now. Yeah, I wonder and why. They're all hate out. Florida? I, I, I hate just hate the way they treated Gerard Gallant. I hate used to love Florida. I, I, still, I don't understand. There's too much talent on that team. There's too much talent on that team that's being wasted. Yeah. What, uh... And will the Leafs add a D? Oh, look at that. I had a trade question about the Maple Leafs on today's agenda. Huh. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Huh. Wonder, if, wonder if that would have checked the box. I don't know. Uh, no, apparently OEL for Austin Matthews was not enough. We didn't use high-profile enough players to talk about that scenario. Right, Chris? <laughs> Chris is squeezing his stress ball right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's got Jamie's face on it, too. It's very... He just drew it on there. It's, it's got Fred Wilpon's face I have the power to mute you, just so you know. You haven't exercised that power yet. I, I know. I'm, I'm shocked. Fifty episodes. I have a power to mute the whole show when you were gone. So yeah, and you did exercise your power. Montreal. What are they doing at the trade deadline? Are we going to see them finally start moving some pieces? <laughs> I'm not convinced. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm they should. Like, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know what they're but doing. What period. Sell, what are you selling to the fan base? At least they got Shea Weber. Well, hold yeah. on though. I mean, if you're if you're Montreal, you just gave up six goals to Carolina. Yeah, that's a problem. Are, if you are Montreal, what are you doing at the trade deadline? To put this in context, they're 15 points Oh, at the trade deadline third. or in the offseason? At the trade deadline. Trade deadline. Why aren't you yeah. moving some guys away? Yes, I'm, I'm selling. I'm firing not, my GM. I'm selling. I'm not did selling. I say that? <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. did. But I'm not yeah. selling the guys I think they're going to sell, which is like Galchenyuk and Pacioretty. Like, those guys aren't going anywhere. You really they, think they're going to move Pacioretty? I mean, they no, don't. he just said he doesn't think they're going to. So I don't think they're going to. Oh, but those are the guys you would Do you guys move, need to go through me again? Do you, do you need a... Interpreter? Can, can you tell Luke? Do you to, need an interpreter to let me for English? My point. Okay. You I, hold on. Let me just. You said they're not going to move the guys you think they should move. Yes. He, and then he said they're not going to move Galchenyuk or Pacioretty. So you think they should move Pacioretty? I, I think they are so far away from being true contenders that they need to do some sort of a Toronto rebuild. Yes. Embrace it. Recognize that you're not going anywhere. For better well. or worse, you have your goaltender forever. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. But again, so it's that po- do you part. But it's possible that Carey Price has a, a, a very strong season next year or two years from and now. Goalies can play well later in their careers, yeah, too. I so mean, we've seen that multiple I mean, remember, times. remember when Henrik Lundqvist was dead last year and yeah. they couldn't believe Ronta wasn't going to be there long Only term? because he played in New York. I'm convinced. And, and in Montreal, they wouldn't do the same thing? Oh, yeah. I'm or Toronto. Or... I haven't really heard from many Montreal fans this year. It's like they're almost just vetoing the entire season. But I... You have Carey Price having an off year. Even if he has a great year next year, I don't understand how this team is 
I don't understand how this division's any different next year. It's going to be the same three teams near the top, and if somebody else crawls into the top, it's not going to be Montreal the way they're set up. No, the only team that I could see crawling into the top is Florida if they... Yeah, if a couple if of they ever get it together. I mean, I, don't, I don't, still don't know what's going to happen with Eric Carlson. By the way, Ottawa, I, I, it is so apparent that the players do not like the owner now. I don't know where you go with that situation. Yeah. Who wants to come there? Because that stuff leaks out to all other free agents. Everybody knows mm-hmm. now. Well, they got Magnus Pyarvi off waivers, so everything's all good now. That's a real problem up there. If you're if you're just going to go down the path of, hey, we'll just trade away our unrestricted free agents and get some great pieces and rebuild on the fly, that you're looking at Montreal trading away Thomas Plakanitz and Alish Hemsky. So I don't think Oof. you're going to really spark a rebuild right. with you that. Got, you got to trade those other guys. They're not going to, but they should. It, you you have to blow this up. I mean, if you're trading PK Subban, then. Of course, you should have gotten something yeah, else. That's where things started to go downhill, isn't it? You think? Yeah. What, what an odd. Uh, well, things went downhill when they never supplemented their top they, line. They started they going downhill chance. when, like, Chris Chelios retired. <laughs> they were at least in the playoffs a couple years, though, after that. They're the last Canadian team to win a cup, still, right? Uh, yes. But yes. that was decades ago. Are you going to yes. sing the song for us? No. No. Are you going to sing it when all the Canadian teams have been eliminated this year? I could, if you'd like to. I, I feel like I. I owe the audience a better version because I, I wasn't on my A game. It was really like a C game that day. That was also two years ago, so we should probably explain what we're talking about. Craig singing O Canada, except singing No Canada to the tune of O Canada when, when no Canadian teams made the playoffs. Yes. And just... <clears throat> that was a special circumstance, though, because it hadn't happened. It had only happened once in the history of the NHL, and it was way back when there were like, I think it was two or three teams. Yeah, we're going to have Canadian teams make the playoffs this year, but not as many as you would expect. What are we looking at? Toronto and Winnipeg and maybe Calgary? Yeah. I mean, Toronto and Winnipeg are, are going to make the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. But I would have expected more than two. Like, if Calgary misses... Yeah, well, that's a nice segue to the Western Conference, right. Luke. So let's talk about the Central Division before we bring in Lisa Dillman uh, when we're supposed to call her and not when we actually call her. We should call her an hour late now. So top three, Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, those big markets we were talking about yes. earlier. The wild card spots, Dallas and Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> and John, Jonathan Bernier has been excellent. Jonathan Bernier and Nathan McKinnon, Nathan is, McK- he is a Hart Trophy finalist right now. Non-linear progression of huh. young players. I will, I will beat the table with it. That is my theme of the year is non-linear progression for young players. Don't give up yep. on 20-something-year-olds because they had one bad season. Hmm. Anthony, Anthony really? Duclair. Anthony Duclair had four points last, or three points last night. Mm. Yeah, yeah, three. Just saying. Mm. But he really, he worked the system pretty well. He had two bye weeks and an all-star break in the same month. Oh, you know. But well, he had a bye week in, in Phoenix, too. That's what I'm saying. He had a bye week yeah. for the... No, uh, I, mean, I was... A whole lot of bye weeks. In the, in the press box. That was uh, a joke. That was... Right over, right over. Ten healthy scratches. Yeah, he had, yeah that's true. He had like a, a, he's had like five bye weeks this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your point on McKinnon, 60 points is second only to Nikita Kucherov, who has 63. McKinnon's got 24 goals, 36 assists. So these are the numbers already that he put up his rookie year when he had his his career high in goals and assists. So he's trailed off a little bit over the last few years. He hasn't been bad over the last few years. He just hasn't been worthy of the number one overall pick. He's going to shatter all of his career highs this year. He's going to shatter them starting next week. How about him coming out, too, by the way, recently and saying, yeah, the Duchesne trade has helped us. It's removed that well, distraction. I mean, I mean it, it was clear that Duchesne, and it, it, he went back on it and said, you know, look, he's a good player and he, he'd still be playing well if he were here, but everybody knew that he wanted to leave, so we needed it to happen. I mean, Eric Johnson said almost the same. He didn't use yeah. those exact words, but said, you know, there, there were some of us that wanted to stay here and, and fix this. And this is the thing. Uh, you remember when we talked about this a long time ago when people, Coyotes fans, were wondering if the Coyotes might make a trade for Duchesne. 
Sackick put it out there that this guy was toxic in the locker room, and that certainly didn't help. It slowed the process quite a bit. And now we're getting hints of it from players who you rarely hear players throw each other under the bus. Especially and, in hockey. Yeah. Like that's not, I mean, not, I mean. Unless, you, you know, sometimes backup ball. goalies who are playing poorly will do that to their mm-hmm. team. But, but that's it. Or yeah. sometimes starting goalies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But among <laughs> the skaters. You rarely hear the skaters but, throw their what teammates we're saying under is the bus. Yeah, to see non-goalies. But to hear that coming from, you know, marquee players like that, that that's telling to me because there's, there's probably a lot more there than, you know, that's sort of superficial, but for them to even give you a hint of that, that's interesting to me. And, and look at what Colorado's done since Duchesne has left. Yeah, they, they have taken off, and Ottawa has completely hit a tailspin. I don't know that I'm ready to blame Ottawa's tailspin on Duchesne. I think yeah, they have, they have a, a lot team. of other problems. Yeah, we just talked about their owners. Yeah. But, uh, but Colorado taking off. I'm mm-hmm. campaigning for now for Winnipeg to be the, the official playoff team of the Natty Hattie podcast. I don't think that's going to work. Because I, like, I like money. I will continue to remind everybody that there's $1,200 on the line for me if Winnipeg wins. 1200 Yeah. That's more than you make in a year. <laughs> Double your salary. Just if, First of all, Winnipeg's not winning the Cup, so enjoy that. But uh, if you look at what Colorado has done this year in terms of off the ice, what, they've traded Matthew Shane. Yeah. <laughs> what else have they really they, they added Alex Kerfoot. Uh, they got Samuel Girard in that trade. But it's not like they went out and added some amazing piece. No, and now they're it's, it's their own younger players progressing again yeah. and, and, and performing up to the way that we all thought they were going Would to. you say they're progressing, like, non-linearly? Yes, oh, I would. Interesting. He actually did already. Except Miko Rantanen, who is progressing very linearly. Yes, he's, 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 he's been excellent. Outstanding. Yeah, love that player. Yeah. He's a beast. He was supposed to be a beast when he got drafted. They, I'm surprised he dropped to where he did. They didn't panic, and I think that's probably the best way or to panic. do Sorry. It's back to panic. I can't keep track. Did I, throw you off your game? Did, I, did I throw you off your game? <laughs> I was trying to trying to make like a pun, another pun out of this, and oh, I couldn't do it. No, I don't but, like where this is going. Okay, maybe I, it was best to cut him off. Then. Yeah, probably. By the way, Winnipeg is doing this without Mark Scheifele. Yeah, they're doing it without their number. Yeah, one I'm not done with Colorado. Colorado just won oh ten in a row. God. We you need to be the talking Avalanche about Colorado again. Is what is it with you and the Avalanche? They won they're, they're, five they're, more games already this year, and they did all of last year. That should be. I know that Jonathan Bernier helped me beat you in fantasy hockey last week. Yeah, and yeah, we don't need to talk about that. What about just the simple fact that nobody's talking about Colorado? You guys are ready to move on to Winnipeg. I, I don't know. I don't think nobody's talking about Colorado. Right? Plenty of people are talking about Colorado. There's one on like a 15-game winning streak or whatever. 10. 10, 10. Uh, it was mentioned that they won 10 in a row, but it really hasn't been talked about that much. Is that because of Vegas? Well, no. It's because they're not the Blackhawks or the well, Maple Leafs both of those, or the yes. Rangers. And, I mean, and, and also because they're just sitting in the last wild card spot with that long streak because... They weren't very good before that. Yeah. But I would say they're the so, second best story in hockey this year. But if they lose, like they lost to the Blues, if they lose a couple games, they're out of the playoffs again. No, I know, I know. And if, if they miss the playoffs, then it's just going to be, you know, whatever. They want on a nice run. But yeah. if, like, if they make the playoffs, how about this? Right now, if you, were, if you were going to hand out the Hart Trophy, who are the legit finalists right now? McKinnon, Kucherov, and then either maybe Tavares or Ovechkin? Are those your, yeah. Those are the main guys, right? Yeah. Like, Phil Kessel's having a, a pretty good year, but I, I don't know that he would crack that top. I think Kajor's in the conversation, but I don't, he's not. He's in a different tier than the other guys we just talked about. Yeah. I think right now it's it's those four guys. Ovechkin leads the way with 30 goals, but uh, Kucherov and McKinnon, me, 63 and 60. Let me throw points. in another name that won't get nearly the attention that he deserves, but is doing so many great things. Let's throw Patrice Bergeron into that mix, even though yeah. he doesn't have nearly the points. Patrice Bergeron is a phenomenal player, and... and we never give enough credit to the other side of the puck, which is 
by nature, just as important as the offensive side of the puck. Yeah. He is without question the best defensive forward in the game. He has been for so long. Look at what Boston is doing this year. He, again, he, he's not going to get the votes. This is not the way voters think, but Patrice Bergeron is one of the best players in the league. Since we're talking about Boston real quick, even though we're in a different division. Sorry. Did you, we, you're the one that brought up the MVP, Luke, so I'm, I'm just going along with you well, with Red I, I here. I think it's an important uh, conversation when okay. we're talking about the best players in the NHL. Brad Marchand suspended for five games. Didn't yep. he say he was never getting suspended again or he wouldn't yeah, well, play I game? think he told me that very thing, that he changed his ways. And Did, did I have a line in the story where he, I said he said it with a straight face? I think I might have you said probably, that, actually. That, that sounds like something you would say. Yeah, I think I did write that. And here he is suspended again. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, it's just his style. It, it's going to make – he's effective playing that way. He's, he's a very gifted offensive player as well, but I, he's just always going to play with an edge, I think. I saw a stat that said he has now missed 19 games due to suspension in his career, or he will have by the end of this run, and it's cost him $900,000 almost. <laughs> like, he's too good of a player to need to play that way. Not like any player should be able to, to, to go out there and try to injure people, but it's that much more maddening when you are mm. that skilled of a player. Like, Marshawn yeah. scores goals, and he puts up points, and he's a major part of, of Boston having success. So that's, uh, that's does our seem central, to be in his DNA. Our central division <laughs> wrap-up talking about Boston. Uh, why don't you talk about Chicago here for a minute? Uh, they, I, I'm of the opinion that they just need to lose now. They need a couple years, just be out of the playoffs, restock the system. A couple years. A couple years. Two yeah, years. I told you they got to get to that compliance. Let's go two years. So let's can... let's do the the Pittsburgh thing. I wrote this, by the way, if you had read my Sunday. Have column the NHL rigged the draft fee so you can get the well? There's that too. Talent. I'm, I'm expecting there. that to happen already. Oh, okay. That's not really a question. But when the Blackhawks are in the lottery the next two years and get top five picks both years, it'll help you restock can't. the system. No, and is, all, no. all the, you just nope. got to get that nope. to the lockout, nope. and so you can compliance by out Jonathan. Bingo. We can all be okay. Blackhawks will spearhead the lockout too so they'll get rid of well you say Jonathan Taves I think maybe Brent Seabrook goes first well but no Brent Seabrook will develop an allergy to his equipment oh that, no it'll and be then, something else it'll and something then else. yeah Developed an allergy to playing defense. Is that well? That that, that happened can, a couple years ago. Uh, with can't sh- use vertigo like symptoms because they already threw that out with Crawford. Yeah, I don't Actually, think they wasn't were that, good, but, but I think they would like so Crawford back else. if they could. You can't. This is why you can't bottom out if you're Chicago. You're going to burn through the end of your window with Patrick Kane. And no, you're Duncan not. Keith, if no, you do that. that's why I said two years. So you still yeah, have you waste two years right in the middle of this though. But I mean, how many years did I mean, the I mean, Penguins waste of Crosby's? And they got back. Also, you got cups plural, both of you. Pittsburgh was in the playoffs, though, every year with Crosby. The Blackhawks have greater needs because of Stan Bowman. Okay, that's fair. But when Pittsburgh bottomed (laughs) out, that was before Stan Bowman, too. (laughs) And also, for the record, when Pittsburgh got Crosby, they had, like, the second worst record in the NHL. I mean, they had Crosby and Malkin still, so, yeah, they had a a nice bit. They they did bottom out before that, Yeah, the Milan Kraft years. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, Crosby, Malkin, Stahl, Fleury. Yeah. One, two, one, two. Could have had Taves instead of Stahl, but whatever. You could have. I don't think they're going to complain. I mean, like you just said, Chicago, yeah, I'm sure Pittsburgh you're getting a lot of sympathy cups. from our listeners. No, how but many, just, how many combined cups in the last since the last lockout? I believe it's six the and the last and, nine. And Blackhawks. Oh, is that okay. right? Six. Yes. But it's different. Okay. I, all I'm saying is it's different, different. If, if Chicago. No, if Chicago were to bottom out right now, they have good players. They'd be wasting years of their career. When Pittsburgh bottomed out, they didn't have anybody. I got news for you, buddy. They are bottoming out. <laughs> Not Alex Debrinket. They're at the bottom of their division. Yeah, Debrinket's really good. Debrinket is yeah. might be a Calder finalist. Well, and this is this. I mean, we're seeing the the sort of it's it's it is a sort of on the fly. I think they prefer to be in the playoffs while they're doing this. You add Debrinket, you add Schmaltz, you add if Duclair can live up to his potential. You're you're adding skilled, speedy forwards to that group. So maybe that forward group is okay. I still think they need a little more up front, to be honest. But 
their blue line's an absolute travesty right now. I keep waiting for them to use some of that money, but maybe they will wait till the summer because you'll have, I don't know if Marion Hall is ever coming back. I don't think he is. So you have that money and you have the cap going up probably $5 million this year. So you can do some significant things on your blue line this offseason so that in maybe in two years, the Blackhawks can make one last run at it. Uh, real quick on Debrinket, 17 goals now. It has him tied with Yanni Gord for number two among all rookies in the NHL. He's definitely climbing into the Calder race. It's very clearly Brock Besser and Matthew Barzal, but there's a third spot open, and only Besser has more goals among rookies than Debrinket. Besser has 24. But uh, before we call Lisa, at the right time, actually, what do you think of that line with Debrinket and Duclair and Jonathan Taves that I'm, they ran I'm, out there? I'm happy to see it. Yes, that's let's, a, let's try it. I think Jonathan Taves is probably pretty happy with that line, too. That's, and, and look, I, I, there's a lot of cri- criticism justified for Jonathan Taves' production level. He's a fantastic defensive player still. He always will be. He's a responsible player. He's got all those other ingredients. So I'm never going to be one to completely trash Jonathan Taves because he still brings a lot to the table. Yeah. But they do need more production from him. But on the flip side of that, look how much of his career has been spent playing with, who's that wing? Who's who's the guy on his wing? He's just yeah. he's played with so many of those guys where you're like, and and again that's that's partly Stan Bowman because they've had to try, trade guys because he mismanaged the cat, but he hasn't played with a lot of skill. Correct. So it's fun to see him playing with that type of player again. Let's see what they can do. Let's stick with it for a while. Give them a chance to develop some chemistry. And that's something Blackhawks fans know more than maybe the rest of the league. And the same thing that happened for many years with Crosby of their line mates aren't who you think their line mates are. Sidney Crosby is a more gifted offensive player than Jonathan Davis. There's just no denying that. So he was more capable of making lesser players look good than Jonathan Taves was. It, it is a good point, though, because I think people just, they look at Chicago, if you're not watching them, they're like, okay, well, it must be Taves, Taves and, Taves and Kane, Kane. on the first line. Yeah, and, and, and no. every, you just think all the best players almost play never. together. And yeah, those yeah. guys almost, and they Crosby call that, and Malkin it, never play In together. Chicago, they call that the nuclear option when they play those two together. Yeah. I still think that team makes the playoffs, and, I, and I'm actually interested in watching that line. That's a fun line. They're four points out of a playoff spot. Four points <laughs> okay, look. out of a playoff spot. So you're saying every team that's out right now isn't going to make it? The Blackhawks are making the playoffs. All right, that's fine. We'll, we'll continue down this we, path. We need a friendly wager on this at some point. You guys decide next no, week. we had the... Uh, it's not going to be friendly. The Car- Carlson week. We need something else. Yeah, we'll, we'll think about that. L- loser has to uh, ride the mechanical bullet like Saddle Ranch. Produce oh. the show. Yeah, with, with, with an outfit of choice. I believe I believe Luke already backed out of one of those bets. Luke did not back out of that bet. Third person now. Luke offered to to. There's a year long statute of limitations, and the person I made the bet with never something something like a like a bustier. I think you'd have to wear. We we, we need to get Paige to mock like leather chaps. Clarify this bet. She's not going to clarify. She can clarify that the bet was three years ago, and she never cashed in. You get a year when the next once Pittsburgh has won the Stanley Cup the next year, the bet's off at that point. All right, can we call Lisa now because it's actually 11 o'clock where she is? All right, we've talked about the first three divisions. Now we're going to transition over to the Pacific Division, and we're joined by Lisa Dillman of NHL.com. You can find her on Twitter, at RealLisa. Lisa, thanks for the time. Let's let's start with the uh, the story of the year, the Vegas Golden Knights. Your impressions of this team now, now that we're well past the halfway point, or at least far enough where they, they look like the real deal. Is that fair? Yeah, you know, they they, they do, and, and as we've joked, everybody's been joking, you know, 
at every juncture you keep waiting for the wheels to fall off the first sign of vulnerability and then they come back stronger than ever and i as i was saying to you a little bit earlier when we were chatting um you know i i, I was there for their first three home games and i, I witnessed their loss to detroit and uh, that was the game i believe where flurry marcado flurry was injured so everybody kind of looks at each other and says oh gosh this is this has been a nice story but this is this is you know flurry's out it, it's not looking good and, you know, how, how laughable does that seem right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the very next game, they, you know, Subban comes in and uh, plays against his old team and wins. And, and you know, Oscar Dansk and, 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 you know, the list goes on and on about the inspirational stories they've had there. And uh, it, it really is, I mean, I know people have covered hockey a lot longer than I have say it's the most incredible story, you know, they've been witnessing in, in, their, in their hockey coverage. And I, I'm right there with it. When you look at this team, Lisa, what jumps out at you as the biggest reasons for the success? We heard we heard the league saying all along that this was going to be a much better team than any expansion team in the history of the league. And we, we kind of all rolled our eyes thinking and looking at this roster, even after the expansion draft, saying, no way it happens. There are only a couple legitimate players there. They're going to struggle to score. What jumps out at you the most about Vegas in terms of its reasons for success? You know, it is. It is really interesting. I, I agree. Like I, we, everybody, all kind of said, "Are we sure?" Right? We'll, we'll see what happens. But you know, it, it's it's like they've been able to take players and um, and you know, people have elevated their games and then some. I mean, like like say for instance, like like Braden McNabb. Okay, um, I, I think the fan. I, I thought he was an effective player. I thought he had room to improve. I thought he was getting better. I would say the fans did not seem to be crushed uh, locally when. And he was claimed, um, but you know, look at him. I mean, he was one of the first guys they signed to a contract extension, showing you know. And they kept telling me, "Yeah, we really like this kid. He's we're very happy with what he's been able to do." And, and that's an example that kind of falls under the radar. And uh, I mean, I, I, we can't have a conversation without speaking about William Carlson. And then you know, everybody's now sort of looking at Columbus, like, "What were you guys thinking?" Well, you know, Columbus wasn't the only team that, um, I, and I wouldn't say that. They, they didn't give up on them. They were put really put into a where, where they were going to lose some significant, and they they had to make that choice. But you know, everybody forgets his career in Anaheim, and um, you know the Ducks traded him to Columbus in, in a deal that that does not look very good right now. Moving off Vegas for a little bit, I've been beating the drum that all Anaheim needs to do is get healthy, and they'll be a playoff team. Is it that simple, or are there other bigger problems afoot here? No, no, no. I, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, you, you have. Uh, I mean, where do we start? Uh, you know, first of all, the Patrick, Patrick Eves. He actually appeared last night. It was the first time we've seen him in quite a while. They had Patrick Eves Beard Night, which was kind of a cute little promotion. <laughs> and he was on the ice with his kids, and he has an autoimmune disorder. So we. You know, I'd be very well. Hopefully, you know, he seems to have turned the corner. So, yeah, it, it started with that. It actually, it started even before that. They started this um, Vatnin and Lindholm and Ryan Kessler. You know, all these guys had surgeries, and then you know, Ryan Getzlaff has a surgery. So they've gone significant time without you know key players. They're they're, they're top two centers. They were they were able to. They just kind of wanted to stay within range and they, they they were able to do that and then some you know i i would submit because of this you know the quality goaltending they've received from gibson and ryan miller yeah you know you mentioned gibson they're, who... they're an interesting 
Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I, you mentioned Gibson and, and the injury that he – we don't know how long he's going to be out, right? But, I mean, even if they had to go to Ryan Miller for a little bit, that's not really a drop-off. <laughs> he comes in and, you know, I guess they should – you know, he's, he's – we should kind of start calling him the closer. I mean, he comes in and plays – the final 640 of regulation doesn't face a shot, doesn't face a shot in overtime. So we're thinking, okay, now he's, he's going to face Patrick Lyon in the shootout. I mean, you know, he, he stopped all five. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's, matter, he's been through everything. He's, you know, matter of fact, he's the 59 career shootout victories. And, and you know, yeah, you bring this guy in off the bench, and you know, that, that, that's very reassuring. Um, I think they're, you know, I don't think it's serious. We will probably get our next report after the um, All-Star break when the team reassembles. Um, they, you know, sometimes you can read body language and moods, and it didn't seem ominous or anything like that. I, I, I could become um, I'm obviously no doctor, but um, he's been injured. He's been injured a lot. He, he's been injured an awful lot. So um, I, I think that is sort of a, um, a concern if he were to be out for for quite a quite a quite a while. But, but I don't think he will be. Lisa, I want to ask you about as long as we're on the topic of of injuries here, um, a, a couple of key center injuries to two other teams we want to talk about: the LA Kings and the San Jose Sharks with Carter and Thornton. Um, what what are the uh, what are the long term pro, pro, what's the long term prognosis on both of those guys and? And how do you see that impacting these teams as, as we go forth here? We're at the 50-game mark, essentially. Th- those could be really impactful injuries for these teams. And it always has been the case for the Kings. I was actually, before we talked, I was looking up to see what, what the date was when he was traded from Columbus to the Kings, and it was February 23rd, 2012. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, that, that could end up being right around the date he ends up coming back. Um, it might be, I think they are hoping it's, it's sooner. Uh, I, I don't think it's imminent by any measure. He's, he's started to skate, but, you know, there's still several steps he needs to take to, to get back into, um, back into the lineup. And, and that, has, that has really hurt them. I think, you know, I think you can see that a team can survive without a, without a top player for quite some time. I mean, the Kings were able to do that for quite some time, months and months without quick last season, and, and then the wheels fell off. And that, that eventually up with you because they're, they're, they're bumped up to another another level that, that, that they should not be at. So when he comes back, you know, it, everybody kind of resettles into where they should be. And, and I, think, I think the loss of Carter has really, really started to catch up with them. I mean, they've lost last eight, and, uh, and uh, they finally stopped the, stopped the bleeding, so to speak, in, uh, in Calgary the other night. What about San Jose with Thornton? I'm not as, and, you know, surgery, you know, when you have a procedure, I don't know how extensive it was. They're not going to give us a lot of details, clearly, but when you have surgery, knee surgery at any age, it's a, it's a concern. I mean, he, I was thinking about him, I think it was over the weekend, thinking what an inspirational season he's having and after and how he was basically playing on, you know, half a leg in the playoffs last season. Yeah, it's unreal. And then here he gets hurt again and looked like a real flukish play to me. The Flames are back in a playoff spot right now, even despite losing, I think, four straight overtime games. Uh, what has been the biggest contribution for them recently? Is it just, is it Mike Smith? Is it more than that? What, what has changed with this team year, year to year? Well, I, I, you know, it, it's, 
first of all, we could talk about the, the stick-throwing incident, which seemed to <laughs> galvanize them. <laughs> I yeah. actually happened to be at Flames practice that day, where, where Glenn tossed a stick up, uh, luckily into the empty stands, about 13 rows up. And he really caught the, the attention of these guys, and, the, and they haven't, I don't believe they've lost in regulations well, maybe they have. I, I had on my records right in front of me, but they've gone on this this huge tear, um, and they've been you know, they've been dealing with injuries. Been out. He's probably going to come back pretty soon. But the real interesting thing to me is Dougie Hamilton. How he's kind of having a you know not a spectacular season, and then um, you guys will be aware of this. I mean, then his brothers put on waivers and claimed, and you guys all know about that. So people are thinking, okay, which way is he going to go? He and his brother are really close. They're roommates. His brother, all the driving back and forth to the games. You know, how, how is Dougie going to co- exist without, you know, Freddie around? And, uh, and and they thought that it could be a big problem, and, and, and it's been anything but. His, his game is, you know, maybe it's just a wild coincidence, but his game has really elevated – you know, since Freddie moved on, <laughs> I just—it's a strange thing. Lisa, I, I don't know if it should shock us or not, but Edmonton's probably not going to make the playoffs. And when you look at the way their contracts are structured, they can't really do a whole lot to improve this team on paper in the off season. If if you were if you were running the Oilers, what would you do to to make sure you're maximizing the the uh, the careers of guys like Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle? Wow, you, you're you're really putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Just be a GM. I, I I don't even know where to begin to start with that. Um, well, they don't it, either. Like, uh, part of me says, okay, pay, be patient. But you know, you're telling you're telling a fan base to be patient after after such a long period of time. And, and you know, you frequently see this with teams where they take you know these big step forwards. You know, they came within a game of reaching the conference final. I mean, it, it was that close. So everybody ex- expects the trajectory to continue, and, and it just doesn't happen. We see this so often with teams. You make this massive year-over, you know, season-over-season improvement, and then there's going to be leveling off. But in this case, it's been, you know, a plumbing, plummeting off the cliff-type drop. So, um, and, and also, you know, they need, they need you know, they got – Incredible goaltending last season, and uh, you know to have think that that was going to continue at the same pace was, was perhaps unrealistic. Um, you know, I, I don't think you do anything out of panic. Um, I'm a big Todd McClellan fan. I don't think you make a change either. I, I think you stick you stick with that. Um, in terms of what they can do with that roster, they they are hemmed in definitely. All right, Lisa, we won't make you talk about the Vancouver Canucks or Arizona Coyotes, the the latter of whom we talk about a lot on this show anyway. That. <laughs> Not great prospects for either of those teams. I'm a big Brock Besser fan. I did a, yes. big, a big story on him, and uh, I'm yeah. from Minnesota, so I, I always have a soft spot for players from uh, my home state. And he's he's just a great kid, and, he, and he's just you know having a, having a season that I think has stunned everybody in a way. Except I guess for people other than the guys that work out with him, they're, they're not surprised. But I think the, the people that didn't know much about him are, are pleasantly surprised. Lisa, we appreciate the time. Thanks for the insight, and enjoy the uh, the All Star break. Okay. Okay, I hope we can do it again. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, enjoy all that work that you have to do over the All-Star break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take care. All See right, you, Lisa. Thanks. Again, that's Lisa Dillman of NHL.com. You can find her on Twitter, at Real Lisa. So, 
You know, but but can I interject for here for a moment? Because I, I think what she was talking about with Edmonton, Edmonton was non-linear progression. <laughs> she actually. basically said okay. it, yeah. And they she, shouldn't panic or panic. They sorry. shouldn't panic. I wonder if Chris would have given her the bingo card for non-linear progression when she didn't actually okay. say the apparently, word. Yeah. Guess no, 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 no. Apparently, yeah, you have to okay. say it exactly. All right, let's start there then, Mr. Non-linear Progression. Do you see oh, that? Jamie just got muted, by the way. Mic? I will not be silenced. I'll, I will yell over this podcast. I, this is my new favorite feature of the show, and I'm upset I didn't know it was possible until today. If um, Well, Craig, I guess I'll ask you then, because Jamie is Jamie's out. Do you think... No, that, my mic's back. Oh, 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 wow. Shit. Okay, thanks, guys. Just a lot of disappointment entering the room. Is that what you see happening in Edmonton, nonlinear progression, where next year if they just hold serve, they'll be uh, fine? Nope. No, because <laughs> here's the thing. It's not that Dreisaitl and McDavid have been bad. Nope. It's that the team is garbage. So what you're seeing is just so, non-progression. The funny thing happened when Edmonton came here. There was a scrum around Todd McClellan, and the discussion for, from a couple of the Edmonton beat writers, and, and, and it was... It was surprising how innocent the questions were. Like, why do you think you're not getting production from the wings and getting so much from the center position? <laughs> Which, I mean, to, to the outside observer, well, duh. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here thinking, because Jordan Everly and Taylor Hall are playing elsewhere. It's obvious. He's playing well. But, you know, Todd McClellan danced around it a little, but he said, well, he, to paraphrase him, he essentially said, it's no secret that we have more talent up the middle than we have on the wings. Yeah. Wonder why that is. So you, that's as far as you can go as a coach without throwing your GM under the bus. They've been given a gift, and they are absolutely not making the most of it. And I don't think it's Todd McClellan's fault. And I understand. We've talked about this ad nauseum on the show, but I will say that the three of us, one of the few things that the three of us have agreed on was the second the Taylor Hall trade happened, it was terrible for Edmonton. And the second the Jordan Eberle trade happened, Jamie and I were driving back from the awards show, and Craig was calling us. That was a bad trade. That was a tire fire of a trade. That is, yes. the, literally everyone around the NHL could analyze that and say that's a terrible trade. And that's interesting because you're right. That that I feel like was met with like 90% this is a bad move. The Adam Larson for Taylor Hall trade I really think was like 50-50. There are times where I feel like we're the only three people that hated that trade when it happened. Now I know everybody in Edmonton hates it because it was an awful trade. But you have what most teams don't have. You have a true number one center, you have a franchise generational talent, and then you also have a, a great number two center who could be a number one on most teams, and you've put nothing around them. You've taken pieces away. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I keep, I know I've asked this a million times, but l- literally, how, how, how many goals do you think Taylor Hall would score playing on Connor McDavid's line? How I many? Think, I he, wish I knew. It, 40. If he plays 40, no, he'd, 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 easily. he'd easily get to 40, oh, right? Okay, I'm just telling you 40. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say 60, but yeah, I think he is, he, every year, if he plays 82 games with Connor McDavid, he is between 35 and 45 goals every year. I mean, that sounds like something I might be interested in if I was the Edmonton Oilers. You can find other Adam Larsons. That's never been a knock on Adam Larson. Right, and that's the, but that's the point is, if, if you felt like you needed to trade that player, if you really felt... You know, and you'll hear this in some circles. Taylor Hall's a bad guy. It's funny how n- none of that's coming out of New Jersey, by the way. Nope. They're not having any issues with it. But if you truly believe you need to remove him from the locker room, fine. But get value for him. He's a he's a potential 40-goal scorer. You don't trade that away for a second-pairing defenseman. And I know they think Adam Larson's a top-pairing defenseman. Most people don't. I don't think he is. I don't think he puts up the numbers no. or, or does the things that you need from that position to be a top pair defenseman. And that's part of the problem up there. Their blue line isn't good enough. 
You didn't get value for him, and you absolutely did not get value for Jordan Eberle. If you're if you're trading Taylor Hall for a defenseman, it's it's a top pairing defenseman that there isn't a question if he's a top pair. It's not what we think he is. We're smarter than everybody else in the right. league. It is a everybody recognizes this guy as a right. locked in top pairing defenseman. And they sold it to some people last year. There, I mean, they certainly sold it to the local media that that they got a top-pairing defenseman. Oh, look, the Oilers were right. Well, no. First of all, you don't judge a trade based on one season. You have to see how it plays out and what's going on this season. And just because you're playing him on your top-pairing, yeah. I guess yeah, technically make does make him a top-pairing defenseman. But if I'm trading Taylor Hall, I want one of the best 60 defensemen in the NHL. Taylor Hall would get it. still be a more valuable player to them on this team than Adam Larson. I thought you were going to say on defense. Just put him back there on the blue line and see what happens. Uh, okay, that's that's it for the Edmonton bashing this week. I just want to go back real quick to the William Carlson thing. Uh, I remember writing the story on Columbus, it might have been two years ago, whenever Vegas, yeah, it was two years ago when it was announced how the expansion draft was going to work. Lisa's 100% right that Columbus was the team, one of the teams set to be hit the yeah. hardest mm-hmm. by that expansion and, and draft. And we thought Carlson would be the Carlson one that was left. The guy, yeah. By the way, he had 25 points last year, so let's. it's not as if we. everyone's like, oh yeah, this guy, it's not Marshall. This is not no, somebody no, no. that already right. was doing it. Columbus saying, you know did what? The right I, can't, thing. I, I can't Absolutely believe right. you let somebody like that no, no. walk or, or or leave your team. He had 25 points last year in 81 games. He played the full season. Columbus didn't make any mistakes. You just with the way their contracts were set up and the young players they had coming up and the guys that were it would have been hard to justify them not keeping Carlson over other people. Yeah, right. I thought maybe they would try to trade him to somebody. I remember I, one of the suggestions I was trade him to Arizona. Yeah. I, I think I said I said that is part of the thing. Uh, I believe my I believe my suggestion was it was David Clarkson's contract and William Carlson to Arizona for a box of rocks, but that would have worked out well. But for you know, Arizona. but they had been figuring it out. And but people would have complained they took on. Clarkson's he has contract. more goals in a half a season than he had points in a full season last yeah. year. There's no way yeah. anybody could have predicted that. And and uh, and and when you look at it, well, we've talked about this with Vegas. Okay, I think all of us agree now that. This season is not a fluke anymore. They're going to do something special this season. I, I do think well, they, they already have. I think, but I think they'll do something special in the playoffs too. I, I do think they're going to make a deep run. But when you look at a guy like Carlson, that could be one of the ways you pull holes in this team for next season. Can they sustain this? And again, getting back to your theme of nonlinear progression, will William Carlson build on this season, or will he backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. as teams maybe focus a little bit more on him? I mean, I, I still when I when you look at Vegas's roster. It's still hard to explain what's going on. If they can sustain this over a period of time beyond one season, God, it's just it becomes even more remarkable then. Let's go a little more in depth on Vegas then, because I know you guys both think that they're going to the Western Conference Finals. Is that fair? It's final, Luke. Singular. Final. Okay, it's, whatever. It's the NHL style. Oh, right. Okay, it's like offside and yes, Stanley Cup yes, final. Exactly. They're very, you, very you guys, particular. About I, no, I, I want to read you. I just want to read you a series of numbers first before we go. And I just can want you to explain the question first. No. Okay. Uh, I'm just read a series of numbers. Okay. And these are point totals. Six, nine, 15. 78. Sorry. Six, then 61. Then this season, 56 in 49 games. That's okay. Johnny Gaudreau. Nate McKinnon, 63 is rookie year, 38, and then back up to 52. You're going to see these. So if, if William Carlson next year can even match or come within 10% of his point total, I don't look that as a step back. I look that as actually successful that he didn't take a bigger step back. But what, you're going to see that with highly talented players. What I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is even if William Carlson takes a little bit of a step back, is what Vegas is doing sustainable beyond this year? Art, look, this is where I want to start. 
I know Craig thinks they're going to the Western Conference Final. I know Jamie thinks they're at least making a run in the playoffs. I've been a little skeptical that they are going to actually make a run when we get to best of seven series and, you know, other teams that have been there before have that sort of experience kick in. But the more I watch them, the reason I'm starting to be... I've never thought what they've done so far is a fluke, but the reason I'm starting to be sold that they can continue this into the playoffs is because of the style that Gerard Gallant has them playing. Mm -hmm. And they just... I mean, they just... They're all over you, and teams aren't ready for it. They are. They're, they are relentless. I will, I will agree with that 100%. They have a great forecheck, and that, that obviously generates a whole lot for your team. It forces you to defend a lot less. You spend zone time. You wear down defenses, and they are really good at that. Right now, if, if the playoffs started today, they would play Colorado, right? Yeah. In the first round of the playoffs. I'm taking Vegas in that. You're taking Vegas in that. Okay, and then they get the winner right now of San Jose and Calgary. You take I would take Vegas in that, too. So yeah. You've got them in the Western Conference Final, too. But Here's my concern. I think it, Anaheim gets in the playoffs. Bingo. If they run into Anaheim in yeah. round two, I think that's a disaster for that, them. Because I think Anaheim's be. the best team in the Pacific Division when healthy. Now, they might never get healthy. That's the other element of this, too. I'm just assuming everybody comes back and they're going to be productive Because they right are away. still losing guys. I mean, they did just lose John Gibson, even if it's for a game. So uh, that doesn't always happen. And, does, and players don't always come back and like they jump right back in being as productive as they ever were. I mean, injuries linger. Now, the flip side on Anaheim is even with the injuries, they're one point out of a playoff spot. They're one point behind Calgary, and I like Anaheim more than Calgary. So And L.A. is only a point behind Calgary, but L.A. is going the wrong direction. I like L.A. Uh, excuse me, I like Anaheim more than I like so L.A. Right. L.A. is really going Anaheim's the Anaheim's the second best team in the now, Pacific Division. if Jeff Carter plays again, maybe that it, I agree with Lisa that that changes everything if, if Jeff Carter comes back in because everybody filters back into their right spot. He And, and when you, you she's right, too. You've seen teams lose a, a star player, and they can, they can sustain without them for a significant period of time, but eventually it catches up to them. And that, that's as much as anything, I think, what's happened to L.A. right now. Yeah, it seems like it is catching up to them. You're right. And the Pacific, I know I mentioned this earlier, the Pacific has gotten a lot more interesting right now. They still only have three teams in the playoffs, but they've got five teams with 57 points or more. And right now, the second wild card from the Central has 57 points. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden, they have five playoff contending teams with LA, Anaheim, Calgary, San Jose, and Vegas. Yep. And all you know for sure is Vegas is in. I'm with Jamie. I like Anaheim more than any of those other teams, especially now that San Jose has lost Joe Thornton, because that's about the only one of those other teams I'd put there with Anaheim, I still think the Ducks are dangerous, and, and I am buying in that they're going to make the playoffs and, and do some damage. So would you put – okay, let me ask you this then. If you if you had Anaheim and Vegas playing in the second round and you had Anaheim winning, do you have Anaheim going to the Cup then? you have them beating the Central champ? No, because I, 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 I think – Well, Jamie th- has to go all in on Winnipeg. He's I, legally obligated. Winnipeg, Nashville, and St. Louis, I think, are better than any non-Vegas team in the Pacific. If St. Louis is healthy, they're, they're an interesting St. Louis, team. St. Louis, again, you have the, health, the, the all-health Western Conference Finals, St. Right. Louis or Zanaheim, who can stay healthier longer. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who's coming out of the central of those three teams. I don't either. If St. Louis is healthy. That's an interesting division. I think division. Anaheim would beat Winnipeg. I just think we've seen that in the past. That style, their style works well against I, I know, and Anaheim, Anaheim owns Winnipeg, but that was, and this is, again, damning with faint praise, that was the closest sweep I've ever seen in sports. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. That was a terrific series. It really but, was. But I, I still think Anaheim would win in seven games if it came down to it. It'd be a great series. The, the series now in the West are starting to look pretty compelling with the teams you have in there because it's just so even and, and the best team is so inexperienced as a team together. You know what I mean? So 
I guess what I was getting at with Carlson is the fear when you have a team that's going like this that wasn't expected to do this is what if William Carlson, you get into a best-of-seven series and he's just off for a week, like he mm-hmm. just doesn't have his game, are they done? I don't think they are. I think they could win a best-of-seven series even with William Carlson not contributing all that much. Yeah, they've been, I mean, they've been rolling four lines all season. I think I think someone put it to me, I can't even remember which executive it was that put this to me. I saw him in the, what the heck was it? Anyway, it said they don't have a top line, but they it's like they have a bunch of second lines. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's the the Rangers method. Yeah, from yeah. from a few years back, where you had a lot of you had three second lines that you rolled out there in front of everybody. It typically doesn't win you a cup, but it wins you, it playoff, win you series. A playoff series. It, it, it's tough to play against. Speed, like you, you're going to eliminate the, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Is that it? I think we're done. Anything else? That was pretty comprehensive. All it was, right, it was remarkable. Anything left from uh, leftovers over there? I think. So you took off his mic. Checked out. Oh, okay. He left. Checked right. out long ago. I think he's doodling on the back of the bingo card. All right. For uh, for Chris Schubert, for Craig Morgan, for Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.